hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak belt. Uh, oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before Balling Glacier's fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pinland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. That is Pinland Whiskey, which is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, which is the PRCA Tour, and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and they are official whiskey and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate or 877-37-GRIND. All right, back here as we go into hour number three, that's crazy because like I said, I've got to get myself and you know, I've done a good job since this summer getting my body into better shape and shedding weight. Now I've got to get my mind and my thoughts conditioned to do a three-hour show. I haven't done a three-hour gig in a while, so... You know, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, and never run out of things to say, not out of me and my mouth. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, different. It takes some Houston to get to. I mean, most of Grand Nation has been asking, even as the show has changed over the years, been asking for three hours anyway. I'm like, hey, nobody comes to your job and say, hey, man, you want to stay an extra hour? But I get it, though. I get it. Got that overtime? Overtime. Yeah, you know, back in the workforce, it's been a long time. I used to... I was never one of those that that fell for those overtime bonus gigs or whatever. It's more performance because it always came like I my time working at a call center telemarketing back like twenty some years ago. I never you know because when they did they wanted it at night or you had to work Saturday and Sundays. I'm like uh, in the fall, hell no. I mean that was even before I even thought I was going to end up doing this for a living. But yeah, that's just in. So anyway. All right, you know, I've, I've given you some of the uh, Facebook live tweets. It's funny, uh, Can't See the Rob is messaging me. Um, he says, hey, since you're in Lubbock now, remember, don't be disrespecting King Patrick LaVon Mahomes, a.k.a. Denver's daddy. Now, for the new listeners in Lubbock, yes, full uh, transparency. Um, there's only one team that I really bleed for like that. Is blue and orange out in Colorado. That's been since Elway's rookie year in '83, so I've been through the hall. Um, but Patrick Mahomes. Well, what I will say this, okay? Which is a funny story. I've said this before before our new listeners and love it. I had an opportunity to interview Patrick one time on this show a few years. Well, last time uh, we were at a Super Bowl, I was covering Radio Road then, and it was in Houston. And at that time, that was the year before he got uh, drafted. And, you know, his agent was Lee Steinberg, which I was always grew up like an agent was him. But he was actually walking around and having people like interview Patrick. And at that time, got a chance, uh, you know, with uh, a couple of my colleagues to get to interview him. And at that time, I could tell, you know, after talking to him face to face and it didn't really dawn on me to my former co-host. Salami had told me, like, yo, that guy's going to be. Sp-. And, and he had followed him through tech. He had knew about him, you know, at Texas Tech and stuff like that. But at the time, I was so like I was so in tune of trying to talk to Lee Steinberger about Paxton Lynch. At the time, 
I can care. And and like, you know, if you had to go back, hindsight's twenty twenty. but if you look at the last seven, six years, I was probably asking with the wrong client. But with Patrick Mahomes, yes, yeah, since I know he's he's um he's royalty in Lubbock, I get it. But what I would tell Kansas City Rod, which I told him before, and you'll start hearing this, and don't kill the messenger because it ain't my fault. It's just the way it is. It's the time we live in. This is a very important Super Bowl for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We build you up to tear you down. Now, I do believe in the era that we lived in, a lot of stuff they want to say. First of all, I think some of it's unfair, but I think a lot of it, because the personality and how it transpired that LeBron kind of bought on to himself a little bit with the whole decision and, you know, Jim Gray, I'm taking my talents and then not one, not two. And then everybody just grew some, you know, resentment toward him. And then I think then you get the polarizing figures of fan base and through social media that are LeBron. Then you go against the Jordan crew about the whole, is he better than Jordan? Is he go, well, you look at his finals record. I don't know if Patrick's gonna get would get it that bad, but I will tell you this: because of his success, because when you have as much success as the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes has in this run, the bar is always raised, and you're always chasing against your own success, kind of like they do. They have to deal with in Alabama and Tuscaloosa, which, to the new listeners, love it. Told you to cover SEC. I'm a Nick Saban guy. Crimson Tide guy. You know? Um, you know, that it's it's one of those situations that they have to deal with. And I know Love is like, how the hell did he get that? How what are we all letting this guy on more? Just bear with me, man. Give this show some time. You understand? It's fair. But my point is, if he loses this Super Bowl, despite maybe not being 100% from the ankle, or what the case may be, there's certain parts of the media. Because I've already heard Dan Orlowski, I and like I said, he's kind of he's 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 worn on me. I mean, the only thing I knew about Dan before he you know got with the mothership, the four letter network, is that he ran out of bounds as a Detroit Lions quarterback. That famous clip, but he's kind of worn because Dan knows his stuff. He knows kind of he's put some work into it. But I will tell you. Even about a week ago, he started. He he's the first person outside of me that I heard bring up the fact that, hey, look, but wait a minute, because if you're talking about five AFC championship games, and this would be his three third Super Bowl trip, so if you lose this one, you go one and three in Super Bowls, and then you mix in whatever that AFC chip, it will start to be looked at because Patrick Mahomes has raised the bar that high. Okay. Remember, for the most part, and I know Kansas City's already cashing one, and like I said, that's more than Dan Marino got. That's more than some of a lot of greats in the NFL have that's played the game. But I will tell you, it will be it will come quickly about what he's lost, how many of these games he's lost, and what he won. Nobody talks about really about the Buffalo Bills in the 90s going through four straight Super Bowls, which will never be done again. All they talk about is wide left, or was it wide right? One of the two, Scott Norwood, either way. And how many Super Bowls they lost 
But the, the, the attention gets taken away from how difficult is it to go to four straight Super Bowls. So my point is, it is not easy. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid has maybe made it look easy. Going to five conference championship games, five straight conference championship games, all of those being at home, they made it look easy, but it's not. But the reality of it is, is that if they lose this one, you will start looking at that one three. I do it to Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else does starting to do it to Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to finish his career and continue on this path. Well, he'll be a more liked, I believe, individual than Aaron Rodgers will. Everybody respects Aaron's talent. You'll never hear me get on these airwaves. Oh, Aaron sucks. Aaron's no good. And I've never said that. He just comes off as an ass. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is ever going in that category. But we do look at Aaron Rodgers. Hey, well, he's one in four conference championship games. And he's got a ring. There, are, there is some pressure on Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City to win this game. Because for one, that division, I, and I said it on Friday, you can take the dominance of Kansas City in this run with Patrick Mahomes and you can with him and Andy Reid, and you can look at his record of, I mean, he's lost only three games in the, inside the division since he's been there, Okay. There's one team that he's never lost to that's in that division. You could take that dominance, and it's still, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, it's still not the dominance of what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick got to feast on in the AFC East. It was a gap. So it's, even with that, but with that said, this division is going to get harder. It's going to get harder. The teams in that division are rallying around and trying to figure out everything they can do to close the gap on the Kansas City Chiefs, which I would say for the last five or six years, for the most part, especially taking out the last couple years, their front office has ran laps around the rest of the division. They run laps around the rest of the division, but it's going to get harder. I mean, Josh McDaniels going in his second year. Um, you know, they might be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, which to me, you know, I don't really I've said it before. I think they need a defense. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care if he teams up back with Devontae Adams or not. That doesn't help what they need on the defensive side. I talked about in the last hour about Sean Payton's press conference today. He was asking, you know, reporters are going to be asking certain things, but he was asked today who he was going for the Super Bowl. Who is he rooting for? He said, I'm picking the Eagles. We never want anyone in our division to win anything. I paid attention to this guy's career since he was calling offensive plays for Bill Parcells. I paid attention to the basically when he got to New Orleans. And this city that I reside in down here in the 210 in San Antonio was the, the officials down here was trying to use a pull a jack move to steal their team. That was the one time that I will say that I was probably ashamed and felt like I needed to take a shower after being a San Antonio citizen. It made me feel dirty. We've got people on the roof. We've got a flood, maybe a hundred year flood at the time that hit New Orleans. We've got people on roofs. Okay, we're calling out, you know, we're waiting, we're waiting for George W. to come in and they say we got people on the roofs. They had to go down here and get ready for a season and take all their equipment and move, uproot their families and everything to come down here to the 210 
use the dome facilities and play four games they did that year here. And we got officials trying to talk to Tom Benson behind closed doors and trying to jack their team. Felt dirty. Rest of said, yeah, man. And yeah, yeah, we packed 60,000 in the dome that time because it was the fact that that was a football team. It was like, hey, but it was just that man went through all that. I, I followed him through there, but look what he did. Through all that mix, they won 10 games the next year. But I said one thing once he, once he you know, landed this gig. The one thing I knew he was going to do, and you kind of saw the evidence when Tom Brady showed up to Tampa. Now, granted, it's a little bit different situation because the Saints were running the NFC South for under the Drew Brees there for a minute. And here comes Tom Brady. Hey, man, you know, Bruce Aarons, I'm going to come to the NFC South. I'm going to see if I can win a title with Bill Belichick. A lot of hype they got. Sean Payton had them hating Tampa Bay. They still do to this day. The one thing I knew when he got this job, he will have them hating Kansas City. I mean, Raiders is that robbery that kind of knows. He, like, Kansas City's a team that everybody's chasing in the AFC. But let alone if you're in the AFC West. Sean, with Sean Payton, I'm not worried. In another year, too, I'm not worried about the Chargers, the Raiders. That's a, the, there are certain coaches that learn their divisions and learn how to dominate. Now, there's two Hall of Famers now in that division. He's going to have that room hating Kansas City, and he's going to remind them every day that y'all ain't beat them. He's going to remind them every day that this team, led by Patrick Mahomes, I don't know his full name like Kansas City Rob is. I'm not in love with him that much. I know, man, maybe half of Lubbock can recite his whole full name. Somebody need to put a muzzle on his brother, though. I want to know in Lubbock, did, they, did his brother cause this much dust when he was at Tech? I mean, is he a guy? I mean, social media has been around for a while, but this guy here, man. But Sean Payton will have him hating that guy. But the reality is to bring it full circle back. In my opinion, look, nothing's guaranteed. There's no guarantee that Jalen Hurts is just going to get back to this game because a lot of people think Philly has the best roster and they're the best. There's no guarantee he's coming back either. But they're still at two different paths of their careers right now, and both of them are still young. This is very – I mean, it's important for both of them. The way we are in this country, the way the media – and that's one thing the new listeners, I never consider myself part of the media – I didn't come in this game traditionally, so I don't consider myself part of the media. Technically, I am, but I don't really, I don't, I really don't, you know, still get media passes and advisory bulletins. I'm like, y'all keep emailing me stuff. You know, I don't really go to cover the game. I mean, I cover it from my couch if I want to, but I get it, media. But the part of media, they're going to take this and it's like, how are we going to find a pimple on Miss America? She won the crown, but how, oh, you know what? Her nose is a little too big. They will do that to Patrick Mahomes if he's sitting at one and three. And it's only going to get tougher for him because not only just in the division, but outside. And look, let me tell you something. I don't know what happens if the big red fella says, hey, man, that's it. Wife wants me home. You got to think, look at how much Andy Reid has suffered in his career and his family. His son, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. I apologize if I'm wrong. But I think he lost his son, one of his sons, to uh, that died. I don't know if it was committed suicide or not. We know about his son that is, you know, pretty much going to serve time that basically killed somebody to DUI. That happened while he was on staff. He's been to a lot. A lot of it people feel. Was I right about that, Jonas? Yeah, 2012, his uh, one son over, uh, overdosed. Yeah. 
the point is, these guys sacrifice a lot. I mean, Andy Reid's been around the game over 30-some years. So it's going to come to a point, regardless how much that Ferrari, that shiny toy, which is Patrick Mahomes, how much you want to milk out of it to really try to get capitalized again. I mean, their GM came out, I think it was today or yesterday, they put it on Front Street. They said, uh, every year we got Patrick Mahomes, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Now, you got to respect that because there's some owners that don't really – or GMs that don't really care ownership. The Hunt family, they want to win. I mean, that trophy they had named after, you know, the AFC trophy is Lamar Hunt trophy. He was absent there for a while until this kid came out of loving. Let's keep it real, Andy Reid. Andy's a big part of that, man. I mean, I don't know what the history, I mean, what if Andy says after you, hey, man, Eric B., you go and take it over. Eric's like, what do you mean, man? You've been calling the plays the whole time. I've just been going to interviews. I ain't going to do the brother like that, but, hey, man, the reality is ain't nothing guaranteed. This is a big game for Patrick. It's a big game for him. It's a big game, obviously. But it's a big game for starting for his age. And I'm not saying that's fair. Don't kill the messenger, man. I'm just reporting the news. I'm just telling you the society that we live in. 877-374-7463 or 377, excuse me, 877-37-GRIND. You're listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the sports grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing the Spin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 877-374-7463-GRIND. All right. So, yeah, so if you're just tuning in, in the dial, you know, um, in Lubbock, 100.7 the score. Uh, sports grind our first day here in the market and early on when I was bringing in y'all into the uh, second hour um, I made sure I gave a shout out to the boss man Brad Moran which I told you in Lubbock like I said I've been doing this a long time and I've met a lot of different uh, 
station owners, station VPs and marketing. And, and, you know, um, some of these guys could really care less in regards to, um, what they put on their station for their, for their local region. Uh, so y'all are in good, good hands. I know somebody probably just said, well, hell, did, what the hell did he let you ask in them for? He really cares about, but no, but shout out. But the one I didn't, I need to is Brad Bulletin. Shout out to Brad Bulletin too, because he's the one that originally the talks, you know, started with that was very important and facilitating this to Brad Moran. Cause you don't get past Brad Bulletin. You ain't getting back. You ain't getting to Brad Moran. I know how the game works. So very excited. And I think he's very excited for, um, you know, 100.7, the score and love it because um, happy to be a part of that family surrounded with the great talent y'all have down there uh, locally. But that's my thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and, and, and the importance of going into this. And Kansas City Rob basically corrected me. He said, you're wrong, Calvin. It wouldn't be one and three. It'd be one and two. I said, OK, I'm sorry. This Roosevelt math. Uh, failed me, but yes, in my mind, it's. I mean, hell, Rob. I mean, he keeps going all the time. You lose count. You make. You seem like you're in this damn game every time, but you lose track. But yes, it would be one and two. Still on the five hundred though. And that damn sure makes the next one even more important. But moving on. Okay, a couple other NFL news that we didn't get with, and normally, you know, they we you know for the new listeners, we do start with them because in this region, let alone the nation, you know, the Cowboys are the thing where you've got fans all over the place. But, you know, Dallas made news over the weekend. They hired Brian Schottenheimer um, as their offensive coordinator. Now, Brian's made some way. He's been around. Uh, he's, you know, hopscotched around for a few teams. Now, of course, this is the son of the legendary uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Rest his soul. One of the great coaches that have passed through this great game in the last hundred years. Um, especially growing up a Denver fan, I grew a lot of respect for uh, Marty Schottenheimer, very football mind. You know, that whole thing when he went to, you know, the Chargers, San Diego at the time was Marty Ball. You know, LaDainian tough, just running, man. He was running to LaDainian damn near like 30 times a game. Marty Ball, they called it. But his son has been a play caller. He's been around the league. Now, I will tell you this, speaking of Dallas, and the bar is set so low. But I will say, maybe not low, but it's been pretty low in Dallas. I will tell you this, though. Brian Schottenheimer, he will tell Dak, I think he's going to be the first guy that's kind of like the outsider coming in that's really going to be able to critique Dak and really break some of Dak's habits and make him better. I will say I think this is probably the best quarter, because make no mistake about it. You know, for people say, well, damn, man, I thought Jerry Jones said Mike McCarthy was calling the plays. Yes, he's going to call the plays. They're going to give him the they're not going to play the Patriots name to Bill Belichick. We ain't going to title nobody. It might be him that calls it. They ain't going to do this. But what they will do. So you've got to give an OC coordinator title to somebody. To me, this is really more on the lines of a quarterback coach than offensive coordinator. You know, Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays. Evidently, the reason why Mike McCarthy, you know, Jerry, hey, I stay, I didn't think he could coach. You wouldn't be coaching the team. Evidently, when they first, he first took the job, one of these conversations was, is like, you inherited Kellen Moore. So Mike's like, hey, Jerry, we did it two, two times your way. I mean, I think I could, okay, well, go ahead. But you got to hire an offensive coordinator. But I think if you look at Schottenheimer's record and who he's been around, I think this, I'm looking at this, in my opinion, more of as a quarterback's coach hiring the kind of coaching that Dak can get now. 
Because keep in mind, Mike McCarthy has to game plan. He has to control his other coaches to see what game plan they got on the defensive side. Speaking of Dan Quinn, he's got to talk to the offensive line coach. He's got to talk to the special teams coach. It's really Brian Schottenheimer who's going to be sitting there and really getting the coach into Dak and going over in that film room one-on-one or in the quarterback room pointing out like, hey, we've got to change this. So I do, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm doing cartwheels over the hire if I'm a Dallas fan, but I do believe, in my opinion, it's going to be some of the better coaching that he's got one-on-one. Now, Dallas fans, like everything else, has been divided on a lot of things. They were divided during the Tony Romo era, and they've kind of been divided on this Dak Prescott thing ever since the contract and the money that was given to him. But the reality of the situation is, is that Jerry Jones kind of spoke on this, not Jerry, but Stephen Jones kind of spoke of the weekend, just paraphrasing. He said, Dak's going to be our quarterback for the next 10 years. This ain't spoken. And I believe that, and I've said it before, you can win a Super Bowl with Dak, you can win with Dak, but this just comes down to him getting the right coaching and the right team that's built around him. That's what this comes down to. What do you got, Jonas? Well, in order to keep him around for the next 10 years, you're going to have to extend him. Where, looking at how he's performed since that last contract and looking forward, where do you think that he kind of lands Dak into the ballpark of what you're willing to pay uh, to pay him like a top 10 quarterback? He's, is he a top 10 quarterback? This is a debate constantly out there. But if you're going to commit to him for 10 years, if, if as Stephen Jones is saying, you, I, don't, I don't think that you can make him the highest paid quarterback. He's not He's not going to be Mahomes' money. Well, I think what the, the reason why you're hearing, and it's crazy that you bring this up, because the reason why you even talk about and when you hear Stephen Jones make these compacts in the extension, because part of the extension could be coming, because remember, Dak only wanted to sign like a two-year deal with a third-player option or so. He, wanted, he tried to take the LeBron route. So it wasn't a long, lengthy type of contract, but the numbers were big and the annual were big. But my point is, you're going to start hearing extension because if they extend them, they can bring that number down. The, the yearly number that's hitting to the cap. That's what an extension is going to come about. But even whether there's an extension or not an extension, Dak, I mean, I didn't need Stephen Jones to say it, but I really feel like Dak is, is going to be a Dallas Cowboy quarterback for a while. I really do. Because, again, the other reason why this is is because they, they don't grow on trees. They don't. And, and, and look, and you got to look, if you're a Dallas fan, and let's say, because I've got a couple of them that know me, that talk to me on a, on a personal level, that they, you know, I got one guy, he's 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 tired of Dak. He's, every college quarterback comes out, he's like, hey, man, that guy, look, I was like, Dak's not going anywhere. Because the reality of it is, if you look at how competitive Dallas is going to be, and they're going to remain competitive, they're going to be in contentions with Philly to win the division or get in a wild card. They're going to be competitive. So when you're like that, where are you really picking in the draft? You think you're going to find a franchise quarterback? The chances of finding a franchise quarterback when you are pretty much a borderline playoff team or barely made, you're nine times out of ten, you don't find your franchise quarterbacks in those spots. For the most part, there's rare occasions, there's unicorns that come along. So my point is, they have every reason to invest in Dak and to make sure they get the right coaching. And if it ain't Mike McCarthy, if if because to me, you've got two guys now. And Jerry, I don't see anybody else in the league running their teams like this. Like Jerry believes in surrounding people on levels, like almost like you are running an oil company where he comes from or a Fortune 500 company where you pretty much sit there and employ people that, you know, one day that should be able to rise up the rise up the company. 
So now you bring in Brian Schottenheimer. You've got two coaches. Now you got two people on there that could easily be a transition from Mike McCarthy to the next coach, whether it's Brian Schottenheimer or Dan Quinn. Now, if I'm a Dallas fan, I don't know how that sounds to me because if if I will tell you this, anything shorter, anything shorter than an NFC championship game this year, Mike is gone. And I'll tell you, even if they get to an NFC championship game and they don't advance to the Super Bowl, which was in being Vegas next year, kick my feet up for the last three or five ever since I covered that one in Houston. But I don't know where I'd be, but God willing, I'll probably be down in Vegas. That's a different one. But this is, you know, even if he loses in the NFC, he still might be suspect. But if he don't get to the pass, at least in the conference championship game, he's gone. And the track record also shows you the same thing with Jason Garrett on that staff when Wade Phillips was drowning. And they got their ass kicked on a Sunday night by the Green Bay Packers, and he was fired. When everybody was telling everybody until then, fire away, fire. Jerry never does anything when he knows the whole media, the whole Dallas, everybody's telling him to do it. He's one of those guys. He'll do the totally opposite just because he knows everybody's telling him to do that. Kind of like that guy we got down here on East Houston Street. And pop. Oh, you think Malik Rose is the only guy that can really guard Shaq that we have on the roster? Well, you know what? He's open too many cheesesteak sandwiches. Ship him out of here. Okay. But the reality of it is, Dak's not going nowhere. But the but see, if I'm a Dallas fan, if if Mike McCarthy's gone and we just promote Dan Quinn or we promote Brian Schottenheimer, what have we really done? What are we doing? We're just moving furniture around. We're just moving credit card debt around. We're just balanced transfer. What do you got? From one team that's in a debate over, you know, we can talk about whether the Cowboys should commit to him over time or not. Uh, Joe Montana of the 49ers yeah. is talking about who should be the, the moving forward starting or the future starting quarterback uh, for the 49ers. Yeah, old Joe. Uh, he was my GOAT for a while. I mean, to be honest with you, he still is my GOAT. I know he's not public opinion GOAT anymore, but he was in the conversation for the guy that looked up to him, speaking of Mr. Tommy, that uh, came and got him and surpassed him. But 4-0 4-0 in the Super Bowl. We love we, – I mean, in one breath we love that, but in the other breath with MJ, he never went to a game six. He's a GOAT. Never lost the finals, never went to game six. Joe Montana's 4-0. And don't tell me, don't, don't start sitting here talking about Jerry Rice and – you know, Ronnie Lobbert, yeah, those teams are low. But at the end of the day, it was still Joe. There's a lot of loaded teams that ain't cashing on Super Bowls. But Joe Montana thinks, yeah, I know who should start for my 49. It should be Jimmy Garoppolo. Joe is still pushing Jimmy. Now, this is this comes off the heels of about two days later, three days after a press conference where Kyle Shanahan pretty much shot down any theory that any type of scenario that would bring Jimmy back. But you look at the course of the injury that Brock Purdy suffers, uh, you know, that he – uh, suffered in the uh, NFC Championship Essentially game. Essentially Tommy John, uh, surgery requiring, yes. See, you keep saying that. I ain't heard nobody talk about Tommy yet with him. It's a situation where, first of all, they don't even know if he's going to have surgery yet, but they know this is a six-month healing process. Look, the, we got more guys floating out than Dr. Andrews, okay? This is 2023. Tommy John ain't really supposed to put nobody on the shelf. Le I mean, maybe pitchers. Because they twerked on I mean, quarterback, he's young. Even if he does require Tommy, Brock will be okay. But the question is, though, 
Job, just bringing back to Montana why he said this, because he said, look, who's won the most games? The team locker. Now, I'm also hearing reports over the weekend that if there's anybody besides Brock Purdy, you might, Kyle Shanahan might have a mutiny on his hand in the locker room. The team wants Brock. I still think you've got to find out what Trey Lance did. You've got to. Even if it's point, you know, it's to the point right now where everybody outside of John Lynch has pretty much already chalked this up as they made a mistake. I told you in the NFL, GMs are very prideful. It takes a lot for them to admit they made a mistake because they're usually the ones that made the decision. So John Lynch, I just feel that it's a situation what you give the capital that you've given up to get to Trey Lance, which I believe has more upside than Brock Purdy. He might not be as good as Brock Purdy right now because evidently Brock Purdy, first of all, Brock Purdy had more games. Go look. Trey Lance has played a total of 17 games, I think, in the last three years. That's not much. That's not a lot of reps let alone on the NFL. That's including college. But he has a lot more upside, and that's why I believe you go in a situation. I don't think – because there's going to be somebody that comes and overpays for Jimmy. I think Jimmy's a winner too, but I think Jimmy needs the right situation around him. But I do believe that what you should do is you go into next year. You got both of these guys still on rookie contracts. You got one guy that damn near didn't get drafted. You think Brock's going to be salty and say, get me out of here? If they, if Kyle says, hey, man, we're going to have an open quarterback competition. Starting OTAs, it starts really for keeping score in August. Brock going to say, okay. Now, the only thing can change that is that new general manager that just took that job that came from San Fran that's in Tennessee. That Trey Lance had that cryptic tweet or Instagram post the day he was announced. If he comes and gets them from the San Fran building, that could change. Other than that, I think you've got to go with open quarterback competition. That's what I believe is the way that San Fran would go. But, yeah, Joe Montana weighed in on his situation. Switching gears back to the NBA before we get out of here, I think we've got some update and some news that's coming down the wire. Is this another Woj bomb? Did Woj tweet this out? Or what do we have developing in the NBA right now? Yeah, so uh, Woj saying that while the – Mavs and the Nets have agreed to their trade. It is not yet official. Um, the Nets and the Mavs, per Woj, ESPN sources, Nets and Mavs trade still hasn't been made official with league off with the league office because Nets are evaluating opportunities to expand the deal with a third team. Teams are expected to make a two-way deal official in the next couple of hours unless the Nets find something bigger to fold into it. Many conversations in the league are going through one team today, the Toronto Raptors. Now, they didn't name Kevin Durant or anything in that, correct? They did not. Uh, Woj and his did not. Um, now, looking at, and we've had him on the show before, uh, Jake right. Fisher, mm-hmm. uh, senior NBA reporter for uh, Yahoo Sports. He's saying that the Nets are still pretty committed to building around KD. Now it's about supporting him, getting him a good supporting cast. So whether Dinwiddie actually stays in Brooklyn is a different situation. Apparently the Raptors, again, part of the Woj report, uh, could be interested in Dinwiddie, or it could be something even bigger yet. Maybe the picks go there as well, and you bring something like Anobi or Siakam down to Brooklyn. Well, you know, I would say I would like to really know how KD feels. I mean, because, you know, Sean Marks, they can have a plan. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that plan. 
to keep continue to build around KD. But regardless, you know, what flexibility you're going to have in access to trade to acquire better talent to fit around KD so you can get back in the title contention next year. I don't think it's nothing they can do right now in the course of the season up into the trade deadline. Um, if they choose to keep KD and build around him, that's going to put them back in contention or put them better in a four out of seven over Philly, who's playing better, the 76ers, over Boston in a four out of seven, and over um, – who else? And over the Bucks and Giannis. So this is really about if we if we have the intentions as the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks and ownership group to build around KD, then it's one of those situations where you've got to basically be looking at the 2024 season next year, the 2023-2024 season. Because there's really nothing you can do. But I would still, even with those reports, and we know how solid Woj is, I would like to really know how does Kevin Durant feel? Because if you want to be technically, I did say in the beginning of the show early on, is that I do believe you got KD has about three good years he could play at a high level. Three good years. And if, that, if he doesn't sustain any more serious injuries, when I say serious injuries, I'm talking about an Achilles or an ACL or something like that. But I do feel that... He's got their window still. He doesn't have that much time to go through a whole new rebuild and reset. He's got to he's got to look at the landscape of what they do. And he's got to find the team that he fixed west or east. That's going to give him the best opportunity to go win a title. So I, I will tell you this. If Kevin Durant decides to go with their notion that even looking beyond this season that I'm going to stay committed, I'm going to stay here. Even the guy that recruited me here is gone. Then to me, it's one of those situations to where they've got to really, it's going to, I would be surprised. Let's just say that. I will be surprised that if, and what also that would tell me, Kevin Durant's got some serious business obligations in Brooklyn, the New York area that he doesn't really want to leave. That could be the case as well too. Well, I do think right. I do think that you have to tell and commit now to KD and make some moves to keep him there but during he's, the offseason before he re, before he requests a trade. But he's got to be committed though, regardless. But we'll get more into it. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, and myself, Calvin. Um, also, San Antonio, El Paso. Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grinding? Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.